Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonnerfide Radio. And yes, folks, this is On Course with Heart Ramsey. And we call these sessions Heart to Heart. Of course, it's the opportunity to uh, hear from the mind of God and the heart of God through the man of God. And of course, that's Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Gerard. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. <laughs> you know, the, the world has changed a lot. <laughs> a whole lot, I promise you. So shout out to all the folks who have been asking where we were, what's <laughs> happening, are you still at it? Yes, we are. We took a little time, and uh, we're back. And certainly, again, the world has changed quite a bit. So let's get into the obvious here. Of course, we are now in a world that is filled with a pandemic called uh, coronavirus or COVID-19. And uh, it has changed everything for everybody. I want to start by asking you what your thoughts are on this whole uh, coronavirus and the response to it. What's your thoughts on this? Well, you know, Gerard, I think of uh, starting out, um, I got so many thoughts. The first thought is, you know, you want to ask where it came from. Sure. Uh, you know, you want to speak to um, uh, is it political? Mm-hmm. And the reason you want to act, I mean, we don't want to be uh, conspiracy theorists, but at the same time, uh, there's a, a graph that's going on, a graphic that shows that every election year, there's some type of plague released. Sure. Mm-hmm. This is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And so without getting into the detail and spooking or, or, or freaking people out, I just like to say that, that there's more to this. I believe prophets have been speaking on it. Mm-hmm. There's more to this um, disease than, um, than meets the eye, but because of the, the state that we're in, we, we, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to uh, uh, you know, to kind of speculate on it. Sure. What I do, what I do know is that uh, the response to it, our, the na- our nation's response was slow. And then it, it again, without coming down on the, on President Trump, he he did not his initial response at the gate was his traditional doofus kind of like um it's a hoax and everything is about him and and therein lies the problem of having a narcissist for a leader. Yes. Um, but but we have to, on, on the same, in the same breath, the same sense, consider that the Lord, who allows things, knew who would be president. Sure. And and uh, He allowed this, um, because I think I think the the whole spiritual gist of this is that the Lord is trying to get America's and the world's attention. Hmm. I, I really I really believe that God allowed this to get our attention. It's the enemy's doing, but the, the Lord allowed it yeah. to get our attention. Yeah, and there are so many directions that we'll potentially go with this conversation, but I want to stick to that right there for a second because you just made a statement that I think is important for some people to understand because a lot of people, you know, are asking the question, well, 
did God send the coronavirus? Um, And I've even heard some people attribute it to God. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I've heard some folks say that God sent this and, you know, I've heard a bunch of different things. So what what are your thoughts um, for people? Because there are a lot of people who have a lot of questions. Did this come from God? Is this God's doing? Where is God in all of this? So in your opinion, did God send the coronavirus? Well, Gerard, in the scriptures, right, um, the, the Lord um, always warned his people that if, if the nation, if their nation was overrun with sin and they turned from him, that he will release them to not necessarily send it, but he will release them to four different types of um, plagues or, or, or adversity. Um, one is war. He calls it the sword. Okay. The second one is famine. The third one is plague or affliction by disease. And then the fourth one is, believe it or not, um, being overrun by the animal kingdom, wild animals, whether it be lions or locusts. Wow. And so um, so did God send it? I don't believe that God sends it. I believe, if you, matter of fact, I believe that every single day out from under the protection of God is a day that, that we have what, what we refer to as a pandemic. Mm-hmm. In other words, I believe that the enemy is always trying to do stuff like this. When God, um, or the sons of God appeared before him, he saw Satan there and he says, hey, where have you been? He said, I've been walking up and down in the earth, actually looking for stuff to tear up. And God asked him, have you considered my servant Job? Right. And Satan testified. He said, yeah, I did consider him, but you have a hedge around him. Mm. And so I think on, um, when, we, when, we, when we're living our lives under the, uh, the canopy of God's protection, under, uh, in the secret place of the Most High, um, in our relationship with Jesus Christ, covered by his blood, that there are a lot of things day to day that that, are, that come against us that we never know about. We're going to look back <clears throat> from heaven if God so um, is so um, moved to show us our lives, and we're going to be surprised how almost every minute of every day the enemy is trying to kill us. Wow! I, I believe in a situation like this where we see a pandemic, a plague, is when God allows certain things to get through. He allows evil men to do certain things, or He allows the enemy to do certain things, or He allow He allows the the um, the um the microscopic kingdom is what I call it. There's a whole kingdom of things we can't see, our sure. atoms and bi- our bacteria and viruses that we can't see. Yeah. Um, that he allowed them to attack us, or or, or, or our, our selfishness will turn into a war, our, our um our greediness and our sin will turn into a famine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 the way we um disobey the Lord will turn to disease. So if we if we were to see this, we will see that God protects us all the time. And so I believe God allowed this for us to deal with ourselves. I really believe, Gerard, that this thing about uh, being isolated, being quarantined, being set aside and put put inside so we um get a chance to like have some downtime, some me time. Yeah. It is it is actually the Lord saying to us, consider your ways. Wow. Yeah. I believe that. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Kind of need to chew on that one for yeah, a yeah. second. Yeah. Be, because, you know, obviously it has changed a lot of the ways in which we do things. And so, of course, you know, you've got students who are now having to learn from home. You have parents who now have to work from home. Some now have to homeschool. It has really altered a lot of the ways uh, that we do things. And among the many industries that have been impacted has been the church as well. 
Right. Um, the church has been forced because of, you know, the different things that have been mentioned in terms of, you know, in some cities, it started, at, you know, gatherings of larger than 250, then it's moved down to 50, then it's moved down to 10. Um, in some places, it's even lower than that. And it has forced uh, church to do uh, to happen in a completely different way. I want to ask you um, how this impacted you? What were the thought process you, processes you had in terms of making your decision as to do we have public worship? Do we not have public worship? What went through your mind uh, as all of these edicts were coming down? The first thing that came through my mind is that, you, of course, you know, this year we're in a series of lessons dealing with defiant faith. Of course. And the first thing that came to my mind was what a what a perfect opportunity to this to. Um, to demonstrate what we've been learning, to, to put into practice the, the faith that we've been learning from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, um, you know, we, the first week when every, a lot of people canceled services and we had our services. Right. But, but my, my attention quickly shift from, shifted from um, faith as, defined faith as coming together, although there's a plague, to what if, if, if not, if, what if we, if someone in our midst is having a faith failure, you mm-hmm. you're, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And they get sick. Right. Um, what would be the what would be the repercussions? So I started to pray about it, and, and I've really felt a heavy leading in my spirit that um my attention should shift from um demonstrating for the to the world what faith looks like to really being being careful and being prayerful about about my congregation, so, so safety became a thing. Now, mm-hmm. uh, our saying is we're prayerful and we're careful, but we're not fearful. Yes. Um, and so we're not in fear, mm-hmm. but we. Uh, the Lord gave me this message that he had given me years ago on being prudent. Yes. The, the, the Bible said prudent man will see the evil coming and then he would hide himself. Mm-hmm. And so what we decided to do was to put our parishioners in a position where we could minister to them online or through many different uh, mediums without putting them in a position to come together with, with people who are... Um, may be sick mm-hmm. um and then uh, and so we look for scriptures in this and and really when you look at uh, someone say well uh they talk about the plague in egypt the children of israel were in egypt and, and didn't get no but they were not in egypt they were they were not in egypt proper they were in a corner of egypt called goshen uh, and the yes. blessing of the lord was on goshen mm-hmm. the bible said the lord says no plague will come nigh thy dwelling mm-hmm. so i can believe the lord that, that sickness won't come to my house Right. But he didn't say sickness won't be in the street. <laughs> right, right. So, so there, there are so many um, theological thoughts that came to mind as I began to consider my people. And one of the things, for example, I, I moved from from thinking it from a purely thinking about it from a purely faith standpoint to thinking of it from a, a safety health standpoint, and then I went to a liability standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I was considering um, if someone visited our church, if so, for example, this thing has a, a asymptomatic uh, uh, period. Right. Uh, where as they say between two and ten days it incubates and so if this person went to the grocery store and, and got the virus and then came to church mm-hmm. and then the medical professionals asked them well where have you been they said well I think I got it at church when they really got it at the grocery store right. I did not want to make our church liable I didn't want to make the news like that mm-hmm. so all these things came into consideration and immediately I put my creative team to work to put together a service um, to be able to minister to our people yeah. One time, we normally do five to six services a week, right? Um, and we we move that down to three. We actually do a, a Sunday for all campuses, mm-hmm. a Saturday for the Atlanta service. I, I do that live, just teaching, yes. and then we do a midweek Bible study, a single midweek Bible study instead of two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, there was, for whatever reason, I hate to call it a turf war, but certainly seemed like there was a turf war between folks who either decided to have service or folks who didn't decide to have service. And oddly enough, here uh, in the Atlanta area, there one of the big things that made the news was that there was a church, uh, a large church, who had service um, and... What ended up happening is a couple of their parishioners were in the choir and contracted the disease and one of them died. Yeah. And it was a very big piece of news. And, and that's not the only place where, you know, uh, it was definitely asserted that someone had the virus and were in an assembly uh, and it had an impact. Same thing, type of thing happened in Richmond. No one passed, but. Uh, it was a big city-wide revival in Richmond, Virginia, uh, and someone was in the congregation with the disease and uh, exposed, obviously, a lot of people to it. I, I want to ask you this question because even as we're talking, there are still congregations who uh, have numbers larger than 10 who are right. choosing to have uh, large public worship services. What do you, what do you say to that? Uh, well, I, I think it's unwise. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's unwise, but at, at the same time, um, the Bible says that in Romans 12, mm -hmm. that whatever we do, it has to be according to the, the measure of faith, or the proportion of faith that we have. Mm -hmm. um, all I'm saying to, to, to the leaders who would, who would do that is uh, don't be practicing your faith in these times because mm -hmm. it, it costs people their lives. Mm -hmm. um, but I told the story the other day about how the first week we were together about how Years ago, when um, the second Gulf War happened, uh, my bishop's church is in Killeen, Texas, mm -hmm. and, and they, um, Bishop had went into prayer because, uh, but here's, here's what's unique about him being in Killeen, Texas. Killeen, Texas is the home of Fort Hood, the largest military installation in the free world. Wow. And so from there, um, a lot of the soldiers who were there went to his church. And so, um, matter of fact, he was on record as having as a pastor having the most members in a war zone at the same time wow so yeah so um but when he went into prayer to pray for his soldiers the lord told me that he, if they would confess if they would continue to confess psalm 91 over the congregation mm -hmm. he would enter into a deal with them where none of this none of their members would die wow so when I heard him announce that I like man that's that's man that's some bravery to you said it to the congregation but he, he said it and for the entire time I'm I'm not so I'm thinking two to three years, Gerard, nobody died. Wow. So every week he would come back to the pulpit and say, the deal is still on. The deal is still on and the church would rejoice. Wow. They were, but they were, they were a praying church. Yeah. They were a, a church that they, they were pretty, Bishop was pretty traditional in his doctrine in terms of, um, he, he centered and focused everything on Jesus Christ. So by the time that the, the trial came, he wasn't just um, shifting his doctrine to Christ. He had been preaching Christ for years. Yeah. And so I think it has a lot to do with the faith of the leader mm -hmm. and, and the followership of the congregation, how much they follow his leader. So I got a chance to see faith work in a community setting, in a culture, a church culture that actually got results. Wow. A lot of people today, um, I think mo motive is everything. The Bible says that God judges the thoughts and intents of our hearts. Yes. And Gerard, I really believe that a lot of pastors... And I'm not I'm not throwing shade because man I, I celebrate their faith if that's where it is, mm -hmm. but I believe a lot of pastors want to have the people come out to worship because one there's a financial bottom line. Yes. Two they're accustomed to preaching to faces. Yes. 
Three, they never use resources to build their online ministry. There's a lot of reasons that, and I think a lot of the reasons are reasons other than the fact that they, that they believe that, um, that God will protect them and insulate them. I think a lot of their reasons are self-serving. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but certainly some are. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person. He's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Yeah, you know, I would, I would tend to agree with that uh, for sure. Because when you start getting to a point of, you know, we're talking about people's lives yeah. and protecting others, you know, it, it, it can be very, very touchy, very dangerous. And when you start talking about exercising faith, uh, particularly for pastors, you know, it, it, the question is, which is the bigger step of faith? Is it to bring the people together and believe we're not going to get sick or is it to say, I'm going to care about the people, you guys stay home, and I'm going to believe God to bring all the finances in that we need to right. cover all of our expenses? You know, that's not for me to say, but it is to say that there are multiple ways, like you said, that people can exercise their faith without putting people in danger. Um, let me ask you this question, because one of the things that uh, churches and pastors had to deal with and are still having to deal with, obviously, is for those, well, f let, let me start here. There were a number who had, and it might be hard to believe, but had never streamed before. Right. Um, and so there were a number of things that, you know, were very different for them. And then for others who had, you know, perhaps it was altering service or, you know, giving a different kind of presentation. Did you find the need to um, perhaps change the, kind of service or alter things in service because now you have potentially not just your parishioners but perhaps other folks who are looking for services um, that now may tune in to NCC did you feel like you needed to change anything in service for these presentations well what, the first week what we did and, I, and the answer the short answer is yes the first week what we did was we tried to capture the essence of our um 
morning, a Sunday morning service and, and just uh, kind of shrink the time down to 55 minutes. Yes. Um, and so what we did, you know, we have, we have access to, rec- we have a recording studio, we have television gear, we have streaming, we have all that set up. And so what we did, we actually did our service live. Awesome. We live when I say live, uh, we recorded mm-hmm. live as if it was a regular service, right. and, and and edited very little out of it. Um, matter of fact, if anything, we edited maybe a spot of there where where uh, we had a, a, a flub. Okay. We, we we mixed the music and we put it out there. Mm-hmm. This week though, what, we, what we're trying to do is I, I want to kind of move away from the live feel altogether. Okay. And kind of add some other content because what we in watching it, I I, I enjoyed it, but I left a little unfulfilled uh-huh. because. I feel like, I, well, I felt feeling for the people. I felt that they wanted more sure. because they have so much time on their hands. So we shouldn't be trying to shorten it. We should be trying to uh, extend it and add different types of content gotcha. um, to keep people engaged. And so this week we try and di- we're going to try our hand at different things. Okay. And I think that, that this is a great hour for the church to be creative. Yes. Um, not just in the marketing sense, but in the sense of, of really, really trying to, um, to connect with people. We, we, our bodies are quarantined. But our, but our relationship shouldn't be, our connection should remain intact. And I think we should go over and above to connect our people to the Lord, to one another, mm-hmm. and actually try to meet as many needs as we can. Yeah. Because the bottom line is, man, uh, we don't know how long this is going to last. And I'll be right. honest with you, I have little confidence in our government, in the posture of our government right now to, um, to make wise decisions. I believe that all the wise decisions that will come out of Washington Will be, be will be by divine intervention. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that God is going to corner them where where both Democrats and Republicans will have no choice but to make, uh, 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 but to choose one thing or choose the same thing in certain situations. Yeah. And so the church's job right now is not to. Some people are saying, well, you know, our church is going to grow. You, our stream is going to be better, so people can come to us. I'm not interested in people's members. I'm not interested. In, what I'm interested in is one ministering and ministering to and feeding the people that God has given me, yeah. and number two, winning the loss to Christ. So we're talking to our people about using this opportunity to win souls, to win your yeah. family, yeah. To, to um to really get people who are on the, on the fringes, bring them into the fire. To yeah. uh, people who don't know the Lord, to, to ask the Lord to reveal Himself to them using uh, our social media platforms, our, our streaming platforms, um, to present content to them that they could engage. Um, the message I preached last week was um, um, adapting to what God is allowing. Yes. And my my key point was not all men have faith, and because all people don't have faith, that means they don't see the same and they don't understand or think the same. So our job is to bring it to them in a way that they can grasp. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is such an interesting time because, again, you know, there are you know, the playing fields to some degree are being leveled. Yeah. You know, you have people who uh, have lost jobs or have significantly reduced their income through no fault of their own. Right. Um, you have people who are certainly looking for inspiration you have people encountering health challenges that they didn't intend on uh, encountering and there's definitely a massive need for what the church has yes Um, here's an interesting question and I don't know that this is as I don't think this is an issue specifically for NCC as much as it may be for other churches Um, talk a little bit about what um, some churches may not be considering but need to consider now moving to a streaming platform because for many, 
it wasn't it was something that either fought or was kind of thrust upon them out of a need and there are some some basic things content wise that you might be able to do when no cameras are on that you may not be able to do when the cameras on what kinds of things do churches or pastors who may be listening need to consider as they are streaming content in some cases for the first time well you know uh, man, that's a loaded question and there's so many good things i can say no because because the first statement i want to make is some people don't need to stream anything well then there's that well, well, let me tell you. Let's 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 let's, uh, even, let's go there. Yeah, let's expand on that. Yes. Because a lot of the stuff that they do in church and call it church is not biblical. Mm-hmm. It's 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 purely emotional. Yes. It comes from a traditional place where where stuff was passed down without understanding. Right. And so you'll go in and sit in that two three hour service and do a, a lot of hucking and bucking and spitting and, and all the stuff they be doing and tongue talk and ain't nothing spiritual in it. So you can't mm-hmm. you can't if you capture it and put it online, it looks like insanity truth there's that extreme yeah the next extreme to me is is the church is the made for tv church the made for streaming services where there's no spirit of god mm-hmm. there's no um it's just it's just it's just well put together it, yeah. it looks it, it's a i call it um it has a hollywood vibe to it sure. i mean it's very well put together everything looks great everything sounds great everything's professional mm-hmm. if there's a lot of money behind it but no spirit they, they, those both extremes, to me, can mislead the unbeliever yeah. and, and trick the believer into thinking that they have something they don't. Because here's what, what it comes down to. With a pandemic like this is going to reveal what you got. Yes, it will. I'm talking for the, in, for the church and the individual believer. It, you can't, we can't fake faith in this. Right. You know, um, and you may think you believe. Um, listen, uh, you, you can say, well, I believe God when you, when you know you got a paycheck. When all of a sudden, one day you, you have a paycheck, the next day you can't leave your house. And, and so you, the business has no paid sick leave. Your income just ended. Your right. faith got to work now. Right. Right. You see, I mean, we don't have the, the luxury or the comfort of, of, of saying I believe God and, and not believe in God. So right. back to the original question that you asked, I believe that churches should really, this is a time for the church to really um, have moves of God. Um in their stream, in the, when you prepare your service, have a move of God, um, an Acts 13 service, an Acts 13 service, the Bible says certain prophets and teachers came together for to minister unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. They didn't come to minister to one uh, to each other. They came to minister to the Lord. And then the Bible says, then the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work where unto have called them. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit will, will begin to minister in, in unique and in different ways when we come together and we minister to the audience of one. Yeah. That's what the cameras need to capture. The cameras need to capture the church ministering to the Lord. Right. Because what, what the Bible says that um, God inhabits the praises of his people. And, and some, some people think that he's talking about a, a, a two-step or a shout or a praise break. That's not Sometimes praise break is not praise at all. It's just us exercising or showing our dancing skill. Mm-hmm. But when, 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 you, when we praise God from a place of need, when we praise God in a place of warfare, you capture that on the stream. And listen, one thing about the anointing, and I know this from being a music producer for years, mm-hmm. um, you, the, 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 um, your recording device, your recording medium captures the anointing. Yes. I don't know how it happens. Um, people don't have to be in the room. They can, and, and, and sometimes it could be a quiet spot. It could be 
maybe a response for the audience, but there's something that translates through the medium where you can feel what they felt, yes. sense what they sense, and I believe that's the way our streams are supposed to be. This we're supposed to capture more than anything else the spirit of God moving on us and moving among us. When we do that, we're gonna people are gonna be edified, and the church um, is gonna increase in its evangelism ministry. Yeah, you, you, you hit on something real strong there, which I think um, is a different space for a lot of churches is most have been measuring the level of success by how many people are in the pews right. and how many people give you an immediate response. Yeah. Um, but I almost liken this season to almost and, and we use this, but you'll get it. It's it's literally like filming for TV, mm -hmm. you know, in the sense of, you know, with no studio audience, you have to do what you do without the expectation of the immediate gratification of an audience. Right. You know, and you have to be able to trust that what we're doing is impacting people. But I love what you said, because it's kind of forcing um, worship teams, forcing ministers and the like to kind of get back to, you know, why we're doing this in the first place. You yeah. know, it's it's not about uh, that immediate reaction when we hit the super dope chord or when we get the harmonies right. Right. Um, because there's nobody there to scream at you. Right. <laughs> you right. Know? It, right. It, it, so it does kind of take us back to our original intent for why we're doing what we're doing. We're going to continue um, our conversation about the impact of this coronavirus on our next podcast. So guys, stay tuned. But uh, with that said, I hope that you have found something here that you guys are enjoying and that has been a lot of fun or informative. We want to hear what that may be. I mean, you're probably cooped up listening to us anyway so <laughs> why not give us the feedback it'll be great you can do that on social media using the hashtag uh, either heart ramsey the hashtag on course or you could use the hashtag heart to heart that's h-a-r-t the number two and then h-e-a-r-t make sure you are following of course pastor heart at heart ramsey on all social media platforms and of course make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast stick with us we've got more great content on the way until next time you've got it locked here to on course with heart ramsey